When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Minutes wishbone, push the limits, Jack Crow, nine straight, bow over the top. Michigan Sugar Bowl, Miami jumped up the poles, Alga Bracco, Randy Campbell, damn that Texas block. Tommy A.G. Wrongway Bow, Greg Carbo, Nose, Lewis Colbert, Heisman Trophy, Van Tiffin, Iron Bowl, Tamborella, Fullwood, Lawyer Tillman, Reavers, Good, Andre Proof, Syracuse Sugar Bowl. This is the year for Bo Nix. He's improved so much in this new offense. He's focused and having fun now. He's a dark horse for the Heisman Trophy. Craig Jordan Hart Stadium time is 8.43 p.m. Central Daylight Time. The voice you're listening to is... Center Crow 2 on Twitter at Center Crow and Venmo. We spare no expense. <sighs> you are listening to the Orange and True Podcast, harbored by your friendly folks at College of Magnolia.com. Greetings, salutations, Orange and Truthers. It is I, joined, as always, by Ryan S. Starrett at Ryan S. Starrett on Twitter. The S stands for silence. That's what you heard. No, the S just stands to run the damn ball, Bobo. <laughs> to the other side of me, giving you full Fort Payne ASMR, give, giving you the hottest of hot takes this week, I'm sure, the AU Chief. I wouldn't call myself a fan of steampunk, but I will say it's the healthiest way to prepare punk. <laughs> is that a Norm McDonald joint? It is. Yeah, it's my Norm was my my favorite comedian. So, RIP. Rough, rough, uh, rough week for uh, the old Chiefster there. Mine was my one of my favorite of his was the turtle turtle joke that he tells. <laughs> it's one of the all time great Conan O'Brien moments. It, it was hard to come up with a uh, a Norm joke to tell uh, to start the pod because they're all so long. All the good ones are so yeah. long. He's a storyteller. No. I'm asking Jack right now. This is I'm producing the show live via Skype. Um, My wife's an old battle axe. <laughs> well, he says the one on Conan that was like a Rodney Dangerfield joke where he says, "Hey, he was like Conan, I'm looking in the mirror and I, I don't, I, I look fat. I look out of shape. My nose is all crooked and I look." terrible and i get in the bed I look at my wife and i tell her all this and i say you gotta tell me something you like about me i'm feeling horrible and she says well you have perfect vision <laughs> uh. um all right so we opened with the we didn't start the fire cover this is the year for bonex um and i did so because it is so incredibly good johnny dent um, just, I mean, you talk about absolutely nailing it. If you don't follow him on Twitter, it's literally the least you could do is go <laughs> and throw him a couple of follows. Um, he's a much better front man than you. I've got to say. <laughs> yeah. Thanks man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody's told him that in the last few days. right? <laughs> uh, you you on there. We, uh, you know, Johnny, you're listening to this. Well, we need to collab on something. But hopefully you can sing the Kenny Rogers part of Islands in the Stream. Because <laughs> I've been looking for somebody to partner with on that. 
Um, John, Ryan doesn't get that joke. No, no he doesn't. Not at all. No. Under Kenny Rogers is. That's, that's it. The song yeah, I have on the stream is a beautiful love song duet from Kenny Rogers and the queen goddess of all the universe, Dolly Parton, oh sings the other Dolly part. part. So I'd be singing the Dolly the verse. the only song you ever need to hear in your life, and Ryan hasn't, hasn't ever heard it. So it really so should be the song we send out to space to like other life forms. <laughs> like, yeah. This is it. This is what it's about on this planet. <laughs> A man and a woman fall in love. That's what we want it to be about on this planet. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we want to represent ourselves, this song. Yeah, come away with me to another place. All right. Uh, let's start out with the most important thing that happened last week. The Auburn Tigers beat the dog crap out of them, didn't they? 3-0. They did. 3-0 they did. over the Georgia Bulldogs in soccer. Um. Anna Haddock. Haddock has – she scores goals for fun, as they say in, in uh, the Premier League. Seven goals on the year, two in this game, which means she's got to be pretty high on the conference in terms of goals because she scored two in the first <laughs> in her first conference game. Um, <laughs> Not gimmies either. I mean, no. Just rockets to the back of the net. Yeah. And then this – our Great goalie, goals. Prohaska, another shutout. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ryan has, yeah. Just so she's a, a true sophomore, yeah. and then so last year with you know, the mess of the schedule, and then uh, with the the Georgia game this week, in fourteen career SEC matches, only allowed eleven goals. Wow, that's that's absurd numbers. Not bad. That's <laughs> a that's few the shutouts. Kind of numbers you see most teams give up to the non-conference opponents. <laughs> she's doing that against the SEC. Because if you don't know. Women's college soccer actually is a little bit more exciting than a lot, there's of, a lot of goals. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot more goals. There's a lot more goals usually than um, in other codes because of usually the goalies aren't that great. And so you get a lot of goals. Um, you know how like, I don't know, I'm not one of these people, but there are a lot of people who prefer college football to the NFL precisely because it's a little bit worse. Like the players, a little more, yeah. a little more loose. Yeah, it's, the players aren't very uh, good. Comparatively, yeah. <laughs> um, and so there's more opportunity for mistakes, which means big plays, which means excitement. Um, college soccer is that way as well, and women's college soccer especially is that way, because some of these girls are immensely talented. Um, and so, when you have one of those going up against a girl who might make a mistake, you get excitement, you get big plays, you get goals. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it, it, so it's always good to beat Georgia. Uh, I think Justin Lee tweeted out that this is our fourth win against Georgia in this calendar year. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a good feeling. It was a weird um, year, man. You played them three times and <laughs> four times before the before the SEC tournament. It's a weird year. Well, uh, I, I don't think that was soccer. Not all soccer. General. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you could have told me because that spring soccer season this year was so bizarre. <laughs> You could have told me we beat them three times in women's soccer <laughs> this spring. Well, this was a weird game too, just with there's a that rain delay uh, after the first goal to go up one nothing in the first half. Um, so they, I think from the time this game started until it finished, it was probably pushing four hours. Wow! Good to see them come back out and put away Georgia. It's interesting because that's not something you ever ever see happen in. You're, I, I like I I've been watching soccer for the better part of ten years, and, and I'm and it rains a lot in England. I don't know if you knew that, <laughs> and I've never seen a, a game get rained out ever. So that's interesting. Uh, breaking news: Lynn J. Dixon of Clemson has decided he's entering the transfer portal. He's just done. So, huh. Huh. if you're listening to this, Coach Arson. Um, can, could, can he play left tackle? No. No. Can he play wide receiver? No, he's a running back. He's a 5'10". Yeah, we don't need a... Yeah, we're okay there. Uh, we're better than okay. Well, we'll, get to that. we'll get to that. Several other There positions. are a lot of people who would like to maybe build the whole offense out of that position. So if that's the case. Uh, can we... Can he play... He would be the best rugby team in the SEC. <laughs> Anywhere in the defense? If he's 5'10", 195, running back, I bet he could play a little DB if he had to. 
Maybe. Maybe. I love the ice sound. They, other podcasts don't give you that. That's that ASMR. That's ASMR. Exactly. Podcast it in the open. We're also recording a, a sound effects record every every episode. We're just adding it's to just it. Ice. It's just ice. Just add to it. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> Tennessee, Auburn goes to the Vols, number 17 Vols, who were 7-1, lost to Arkansas, who's also highly ranked. Um, but Tennessee ain't played nobody, Paul. Um, <laughs> only team they play that beat them. They're gold. Def- yeah, no, no ranked teams in the non-con. Yeah. Uh, and their goal differential is 26-3. to three. Yeah. Wow. Then those three might have all been from Arkansas just now. Or that was their non-con goal differential. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, no hate. Uh, winning non-con games uh, 60 to nothing. Or, or, sorry, 60 to 10 or 62 to nothing. It's always fun. Yeah. You can, you, you can, only, uh, you can only beat uh, who they put in front of you. Mm-hmm. So that's all you can do. Uh. In the last eight matches. Much of those blowouts were, yeah, uh, pretty chippy. I mean, maybe just compared to watching Auburn play this year, but eight matches and they've had eight yellow cards. Their opponents have had nine. Wow. I think Auburn, in comparison, only had three on the year. Yeah. Okay. They're, uh, yeah, they're physical. Conquer Calf, Conquer squad. <laughs> their leading goal scorer is from the mid cities, from Irving, Texas. Uh, Jada Thomas from the former yeah. home of the Dallas Cowboys, current home of a massive parking lot that used <laughs> they, to be the uh, home of the Cowboys. Sutherland of uh, the SEC. Yeah. Yeah. Is that show any good? I've never, I've never watched the show. I just I know have... that Sutherland liked to just, uh, they, they didn't like to play football so much. They like to just kick people. I have a so. friend who loves it, who said it's like the, the anti um, all or nothing where all the all or mm-hmm. nothings are like a team that's really good. Yeah. yeah. Like the Sunderland until I die is like, what do you do when you make a documentary of a team that's about to get relegated? I think, uh, I think James Jones has watched it. So we'll have to ask him about that next time he's on. Tweet the show, James at Ryan S. Starrett <laughs> on Twitter is Sunderland until I die worth the watch. <laughs> tweet all the soccer at me. Yep. Solbert soccer definitely do. I want to hear it. Outside of that. Yeah. We need to pick we need to get Ryan a uh, a team to watch on ESPN plus. I guess you could watch Dortmund. Could watch Dortmund. They're fun to watch. <laughs> Dude, they are cocaine on on two <laughs> legs is what that team is right now. They uh they have what you want to call them cocaine on cocaine. <laughs> they have the ugliest, <laughs> ugliest man in the world that might be the best. Ever. He <laughs> was built in a lab in Norway. He comes from the land of the ice and snow. They ignored his looks. They didn't care what he looked like. They just cared what he could do. He is bigger than everybody else, faster than everybody else, and stronger than everybody else. <laughs> it plays striker. And uh, more confident than ever, anybody else. Yeah, that's – he is – if Russell Westbrook had grown up in Norway, this is what I imagine would be the case. He'd be just doing this. Ryan, he scored a goal. Is Terrell Owens the soccer player? Yeah, that's a good comp. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He go. scored a goal the other yeah. day. Yes, this past game, he scored a goal. And it, you know it's a good shot when all, when the announcers are just dying They're laughing. Just like, they're, they're laughing like, my, because it's just they, so preposterous that he went in. My wife does not believe he meant to do that. And I'm like, honey, he looks at the goal. He knows the keeper's off his line. And he just he's like, yeah, I'll try this. Screw and it. it goes in. Bangers only. He is 100% oh bangers only. <laughs> it's terrific. If you haven't Erling seen Halan it, look it up. Name for anyone that hasn't, uh, <laughs> Erling Halan. Ryan, get you number nine. BVB. B-Foul Bay kit with Halan on the back. A lot of A's. You don't have to pay any extra for him. It's three A's anyway, in his name. Erling doesn't play for Auburn. And, uh, if he did, it Johnson would be Haddock, who has got <laughs> seven goals. And she is going to be somebody we're going to lean on against Texas A&M. Because Texas A&M, yes, they're only 5-3-1. and one, But all three of those losses are to 
top 10 teams. Number one, FSU, oh, wow. yeah. number eight, TCU, and number nine, the Pepperdine Wash em Out Waves. All three of those are one-goal losses. They got they got a top ten win over Clemson, number nine, three to one. So that's going to be a pretty big test for us, big, bigger than I expected. Just you know, seeing as they're not ranked and look, the Aggies are always pretty good. So are the Horns usually, but it's a well, it's a fairly recruitable. Like all these good soccer players we yeah. talked about are from Texas. I would think Texas A and M should be some program. It's a pretty good recruiting. Fertile recruiting grounds there, yeah. Houston and Houston and Dallas. Has it, has so, there are a lot of wealthy people in uh, in uh, the uh, Houston suburbs in the Dallas area. Plus, you got three uh, MLS academies. Yeah, it that takes, run teams. Yeah, it, the the problem with America is it takes a lot of money to uh, actually uh, be involved in soccer. So then, like, it's I think usually your wealthy areas are the ones with the soccer players. Auburn has two or three girls who came through the FC Dallas Academy. It's pretty good. So the the MLS Academy systems in Texas are turning out Division One women's soccer players pretty pretty well. Plus, these tournaments are just like there's a lot of fields here, and the tournaments are just massive. So you just it's a good place. It's a good place to recruit talent. Um, and Texas A&M has a lot of it. They got nine yellow cards on the year and 15 by their opponents. So something about the way they play makes their opponents just just tackle cleats up. I guess that'd be a red, just but the, still a lot of fouls. Just the triple option of uh, women's soccer. Mm. They're, they're the Gareth Barry of uh, women's there soccer. There it is. Yeah. He's going to eventually get uh, suspended for getting too many yellows, but he's also going to have some other people get red cards trying to kick him. So. <laughs> so. All right, let's go on to the other football. Uh, Auburn lost. They could not handle that everybody was wearing the same color shirt. Yeah, yeah, that was um, definitely it. And got beat oh, 20 Oh, the whiteout was because of the shirts? I, I didn't realize that's what they were doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it, too. There's two different kinds of whiteouts going on at Penn State, looks like. Um, I, don't know if, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed watching at home, but I did notice that they, they put Holly Rowe in the, uh, in the student section right at the beginning, and they – just happened to pick the only uh, uh, non-white people in the entire stadium. I think that were uh, not there for Auburn. They probably loved that Sweet stage. Caroline sing along there towards the end. Look, we cannot make fun of that. I, can't, I keep telling you that we do that. I hate it. I hated it since I was a student. I'm like, I, I knew what it was. I'm like, this is Neil Diamond. This is so stupid. I'm like, it's not coming to America. If it were coming to America, great song. Anything else? It's the like the lamest thing on the face of the planet. Why are we singing this? We should sing Islands <laughs> in the Stream. We should, which is not lame. Uh, but I, I'm I'm just like, why? No one in this stadium knows the song. This was not a banger on did the it, radio. Did it start because so the Red Sox have done this for a while, and did it this start was, doing their World Series run? No, it was before like 304. I, I, I came. 304. It was 04 It was definitely the Sox Sorry, playing it. Was becoming like nationally known and i think auburn may have started playing it maybe oh two oh three oh four like somewhere in that yeah, same yeah. around like that but same just, like, time ever, like i don't hate that song but i'm just like this is not why are you people into this why are should, there people singing this it should be forever state? in blue jeans that's a great neil diamond song well or crackling rose crackling rose get on board everybody in the crowd just we're gonna ride till there ain't no more to go Taking it slow. Again, could not be wider. <laughs> uh, Bonix had a very Bonix game. People are going to defend him. It was a very Bonix game. 21 for 37 for a buck 85. A good chunk of that 21 were behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage passes, which is how he ended up completing 21 passes for 185 yards. Can, can we at least agree? As a Bo, Bo Nix apologist, that his receivers gave him. No oh yeah. yeah. Here's the thing he about here's the thing about Bo Jackson Nicks. falls down with nobody in front of him. Demetrius Robertson has a perfect touchdown pass that he never sees. Here's I mean, the problem with Bo Nix, is that three things can all be true at the exact same time. <laughs> and I put this in our Slack earlier. When he has a bad play, it is either because one, he didn't get enough protection; two, he didn't have the ability. Three, his receivers let him down. 
But all three can all happen on the same play, and we do see that with him a lot. I'll, I'll say this. His protection was not – No, it was good. Terrible. No, it was actually really yeah, good this game. They were good enough, and honestly, I think Bo was good enough, but he did not get help. Like, like when, when you've got a guy like Bo, you can't afford to drop passes – that are wide open. You can't mm. afford to just that, not that see. does include if you're a defender as well. Um, well that's it's true. They didn't catch much either, bro. That and that pick six would have been bad. Like, yeah. oh yeah, that would, that would not have been. That was in a, a real bad time. But, Stared and, him down. And, and what happened there? And that that actually that particular pl- play, and not because of throw being what it was. That was right back to last year. We were. They knew. I don't think they were necessarily reading his eyes. I think he did because he, the, the, the defender knew where it was going. They knew he was going to Shanker. They knew it because that's all that. That's the only guy he could trust in that game was Shanker, and um, so he, they knew he was going to him, and that's that's why that happened. Uh, and, well, not even going back to last year, but going back to last week, Alabama State dropped that exact same interception. Yeah, it, it, it's. It was the that was the only time that I really really felt like okay this is just the bow that's locked in on one thing and he's not he's not doing what he's, he's supposed to do he, he you know he went through his progression a lot it's just fast forward though with me real quick to apparently the play that everyone wants to talk about the most fourth and two ugh, after the game now. Harson has said that there were actually five options on that play. Bo had okay, five let me, reads. Let me see. Uh, if there are five options on a fourth yeah. and two play, yeah, that's yeah, way why? too many options. That's, well, that's stupid. That's too many for Tom Brady. If you noticed, it wasn't like Bo went through his progressions on that play. He snapped the ball and threw it as fast as he could. There was well, no they, like, let me check playing, which is the like best when you're option. you're playing NCAA and you, you hit A to snap and then you slip and hit A again real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, shit, I didn't mean to. Right. Yeah. Now, the five. The problem is there were five options and one of them wasn't. He turns the ball and puts it in four stomach right. and then runs right. off the field with his hands in the air, which is what he right. should have done. <laughs> like, yeah, that that was I, – that – I don't know. That whole thing – not only does a uh, Tank Bigsby run likely end up in a touchdown, but if it doesn't, say he goes down at the one-yard line, the next play Auburn stuffs Noah Kane, and right. instead of being at two, they're at the one, and they stuff him in the end zone for a safety. Well, they may have gotten a safety anyway that they didn't. Well, you know, <laughs> these weren't the best officials. Oh, well. I, 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 yeah, I can't complain about the officials. The they were so bad. <laughs> they're just so the head, bad. The head official uh, – is the one that looks exactly like my wife's uh, uncle, like exactly like her uncle Cookie, and because uh, she's like, oh, it's Uncle Cookie whenever she sees him, and I knew we were in trouble because they are terrible. You know, and it's, what's bad is that has the the SEC hasn't released an apology, have they, for this game? No, no, no. So as bad they as they did say, they did say the third down uh, fiasco. <laughs> Duh. Oh, it could be worse though. They also could released be. an apology in Memphis. Yeah, I was say, there could be the yeah. Arkansas, the Memphis Mississippi State game where they released an apology that had five five paragraphs or whatever. It, it's it's so sad and it's so sad that when they like at the beginning they were like, and we have the SEC officials for this game. And I said, oh no, mm-hmm. like, like I. I, and I'm sure the the Penn State fans are like, yeah, they, they tried to give Auburn the win or whatever. And no, but no, no, they they're, didn't. They're, that bad. they're just bad. They're, they're, they're bad. always bad. And I, I was worried from the start about how bad they would be. And I will say this definitely felt like a Big Twelve refs game, though. Pac twelve refs. Pac twelve refs. Athletics. Pac twelve refs are the ones that. Like notoriously, are always like every week we got to issue an apology. Yeah, yeah. Refs. I, like, I would have rather have like big... suspended refs for weeks because they just screwed up so bad. <laughs> I would have rather had Big Ten refs for this. No yeah, joke. or you know what would be really great? There's like a national referee service that's certified by the oh, yeah. by the yeah. Wow. Okay, that holds people accountable. Here's no. the thing: what if there was like a national association of collegiate athletics, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and yeah. they 
made in the ACA. Yes, yeah, yes. we'll work on it. And they make the rules, right? And that's really what they're there to do is to make the rules. And then to enforce those rules, they certify the officials and the crews are sent out by a national office. So there's a standardized crew. Even like full time. You know, that doesn't uh it doesn't work out for basketball so much. They don't do it there those, either, really. Those are well, they well, yeah, you're right. They're just a <laughs> big pool of dudes that got some sort of training at some point, mm-hmm. allegedly. <laughs> But, yeah, but it's pretty lousy uh, that we end up with the same lousy bad. refs. I, you know, those the officials obviously did not cost Auburn the game. Like it, uh, it, it just being so bad. You, whoever won or lost, you could point to those officials and say, "Wow, they were really bad." I mean, so, they really. I mean, I, I think the, the final score in this game did reflect how the two teams played. I mean, I think Penn State was the better team. Yeah, and I mean, they they definitely complaints about all these other things, but you know. Penn State yeah. didn't cause Auburn to throw a fade on fourth and two. Penn State oh, sure. didn't throw an incomplete yeah. pass in the second half. Penn State didn't cause the person. Penn State didn't cause Auburn to put zero pressure on uh, a, a suspect quarterback all night. None. We we hit him one time, I think. And we got interception. We got interception on that play. Yeah, and yeah. the saddest part about it is it's a. Uh, it isn't like this is known as a great. Offensive line. It's actually known as like a pretty suspect offensive line that gives yeah, up a yeah. lot of sacks. And Auburn yeah. got none. I, that that um that was my takeaway at the end of the night. Um, because you know we we sort of knew what we had. Um, I I was I'm positive on the offensive line more. I came away a little more positive on them than I thought I would be. But it's the defense that uh, around the third, sometime in the third quarter. Um, even though we had a pretty good third quarter, I started to think this defense is not really doing what I would want it to do. And then when we could not stop them uh, in the fourth on, on that one drive, I just, uh, I, you know. It, I, I it, still wonder how much of it's schematic and how much is talent. Because, I mean, well, I mean it's the same the talent, talent. was good so, last year. You're right. It's got to be uh, schematic, which right. And I think we can all kind of see. I mean, yes, it's a, it's a change of its coordinator, and it sounds like a pretty heavy change in strategy. Of you know, instead of playing the press man, they're playing a softer zone, and it just without getting a pass rush, that zone falls apart no matter how good your secondary is. Right. And secondary didn't play great. I'm gonna be wrong there, but with no pass rush, it doesn't matter who's back there. Right. Um, and, and I'm not sure I, – I, I can't remember how much we actually blitzed or if we didn't blitz and you know, rely on those the front four to get home. But, yeah, something's, something's got to change there. Um, and and I'll, I'll give them credit. I mean, it sounds like the uh, – Brian Harson at least, is very aware of that. He made it pretty yeah. clear in the pressers. So we'll, I, I, uh, I'll give them a chance. Yeah. My, my complaint was not about – the players it, it was what are we doing like why are we not putting pressure on right on on him it, it did not make any sense to me at all in the moment and it's i'm still just as confused by w- what we're doing i mean but notoriously we had trouble getting the quarterbacks last year right yeah um uh, last couple of years yeah but it, it's still uh, <laughs> you have to do better than we did. And, and, and I, I, I really think that's what cost us this game. They were just better on offense than we were on defense, which I know that sounds like a stupid like thing to say, but I mean, it's just true. Like they're, they, they, they were, were better. in the passing game. We, we stuffed right. them on the ground. Yeah, yeah. They, they were under three yards of carry. They're they're um, their receivers were better than our receivers too, which is something I kept saying during the game. I, I really felt like that was the, the big difference. Like our receivers just weren't good enough. And theirs and I, were good. I mentioned this in the Slack that you, you cannot, you cannot in 2021's college football, which is not the same thing as 2015's college football. You cannot go to the college football playoff and be successful. If you do not have elite talent, at quarterback and wide receiver. 
Which also I think means you can get there with not elite talent at quarterback if you have elite talent at wide receiver. Who is the last um, not elite quarterback to win a Mac national Jones? championship? <laughs> He's a first round pick and is a starter for the New England Patriots. Not an elite quarterback. I would say if you're a QB one in the NFL, I'll classify that as elite quarterbacking. So who was the last guy that that is not a QB one? It's Jake Coker. Is the answer by the way? It's 2015. It's Jake Coker, and he threw for 340 yards in that national championship game. So uh, even Jake Coker he was also, able to do it. Well, Jake Coker did it because with, he had with elite, elite wide receiver talent. Elite right. wide receivers. You can be like again. You can have a mediocre quarterback as long as you have elite wide receivers. To the flip side, uh, if you cannot the, get home and cover pass defense, you are going to get beat a lot of times in the modern college football. Like, yeah, because I, 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 I used to be. We, got, we did not get beat by an elite quarterback in this game. No. We got beat by a guy that's we about got as beat good by as Yeah, and they have better wide receivers. If you, and I think better. Play calling. It used they to be a long time ago. You got to run the ball and stop the run. That was what everybody used to say. If you can't run the ball and stop the run, you can't win games. Now it's like, really, to be honest, if you can't pass and you can't sack the quarterback and keep them from completing downfield passes, you're going to lose, and you're going to lose usually fast and by a lot of points. Well, um, it, it, especially on defense, it's not. You don't even have to be an elite shutdown. No secondary or stopping the pass, but you have to be opportunistic. You have to get sacks. You have to have pass breakups. You know, you can't just be oh, we'll keep it in front of us and right. Because look at this game. You at seven, eight, nine yards per completion doesn't do you any good. Look at this game. To wit, Auburn could run the ball and they could stop the run, and they got beat. And they got but beat we because ab- we, we abandoned trying to run the ball. Though. They got beat because the. A Bo Nix clone could do whatever he wanted when he threw the ball. They ran the ball for two yards a carry. Clonex, good job. They ran the ball for two yards a carry, and doesn't matter because they could throw the ball. I, you know, I, I don't think you're you're uh, necessarily wrong. I don't know that this game is is the the best example of that because we we just uh, like instead of doing what we were good at, we were like, no, no, we got to pass. We got to pass. And so we kind of abandoned what worked. Um, I, you know, I think we could have, I, we could have, I think we could have won this game with Bo having that same stat line. If we had just had a better called game. If we had some sort of like, we didn't utilize play action much for as good as we were running. You'd, yeah. You could have probably really worked on it with play action and then make Bo Nix able to make a little more comfortable reads with people biting on play action to tank. Yeah. Well, in the end, Bo has shown he's more comfortable. Forget the reads. He's more comfortable with the deep ball this year. Right. Yeah, I think that may have been there if you set up play action a little more. Yeah, everything was short. I, I do, you know, add a touchdown pass to this, and and it's it like you can win a ball game doing that, and – um, it's just, I just think we, it was, when it counted, we had some weird play calls. I mean, it, it, it felt, this definitely felt like a game where coaching just sort of failed us and on both sides of the ball and at, the, the, at the worst possible times. The worst so. part about it was Penn State ran a wildcat touchdown with a tight end. Yeah, they threw a pass out of an off-balance set with a wideout that was a lineman. So they we they got beat by us, Gus. Like, yes, we got beat by Gus. They did to us. Uh, like I, I was sitting there watching it. I'm like, they kept getting these huge, big chunk plays. We would stuff them, stuff them, yeah. and then they get a big old chunk play. And they just did that. They did it. That they killed us with that. And um, that's how they scored all their touchdowns. Is uh, all of a sudden they'd get. 20 yards and then another 30 and they'd be in the you know end zone. My brother and, and I were laughing because it was like every first down Auburn would stop them for a yard. And yeah. then second down I, they would catch they get a first down or you know, second down I, they I get stopped thinking, and they get I'm like why are we supposed to be especially early on in the game why are we supposed to be scared of this dude that got canned from Texas? Like they're like yeah, they got the guy from Texas and I'm like 
okay. Yeah. Like, why? Uh, and, you know. He called a better game than Bobo did. I, yeah. Because I don't really know what did. the game plan was for Bobo. Was it, like, what was he, was he passing to establish the run? Was he running to establish passing lanes? Was he committing? There was nothing. It didn't seem like that I couldn't was, tell you what was going was, on. Yeah. I, I will say that the one that, if it goes slightly differently on the field, it becomes a, a great call is, is the Kobe Hudson trick play. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Uh, I mean, it, and the thing is it, the reads were right. Uh, you it's know, Kobe got it. It, he did, it wasn't open downfield. He didn't tuck it, but tried to run and the cutback leg cutback lane was there. There's nobody on the left side of the field. If he, if he just doesn't fumble it. Well, see, I, I just – It's an unfortunate – I mean, you could tell he was devastated. It's just – Well, he got hit, though, and he, he wasn't going to make he, – like, he, when he, no. he gets – Yeah, no, yeah, dude. He, he's getting hit he when he fumbles. It. Like, there's a he guy right it. there when he drops it, though. Like, there's literally a guy right there on I mean, top he may have been touched, but he wasn't being tackled by any means. He, he was not going to – I don't think he's getting those yards. He's getting uh, tackled. There's a guy no, right there next to him. He's got it. I, I'm with Ryan on this. I don't uh, – the dude was literally right there. He's the one that got recovered the ball. I don't think he's making that. But he wasn't being touched. The guy didn't force a fumble. He just dropped the ball. Yeah, but there's a guy right there in his face. Like it's he's carrying the ball like a high school quarterback, which is yeah, it's not was. not good, um, not good. He was just, a high school I, quarterback, which is which was. Exactly. I don't. I don't think my my whole issue is that is that's the call you make when you're up three points yeah a touchdown coming out of the half don't don't do that in that situation with a team that's trying to like like if again maybe you do that if uh auburn's six and oh and you're trying to get a little something going coming out of the half in that situation but with an unproven team uh a bunch of guys who have stunk on offense for a couple of years now, uh, <laughs> and you're trying to—I I don't know. But that, apparently, this that, is kind of a Harson. That was kind of a Harson hallmark at Boise State. Was early on the first drive out of the half. If he had the ball, right, he would do a trick play to try, or or at least a huge deep play to try and because if you could, if you hit get that the momentum, right? if you hit yeah, that right there. Even if you hit it and he gains 40 yards running the ball somehow, like you just get a big play, all of a sudden Auburn is in, the crowd is out of the game. Yeah. Like, gone. I, I Like, I just, conceding that, okay, maybe it was, uh, uh, was going to work. I just don't, I don't like it in that situation, and maybe I'm just being too conservative. But I, I – what I called it at the time was I thought it was naive, and I I still think it was pretty naive. That's, of, that's fair. Na- naive in the sense of this is still a very unproven team. Yeah, unproven in the big spots. I mean, if you have Ryan Davis run that play, I, yeah, right. That's a right. Cause right. That's great. I mean, um, so but you gotta I, have like that's the thing. I, you gotta I, I don't give wanna, Kobe Hudson the chance at some point because sure, yeah. Like I just don't think you do it. We don't yeah. have Ryan Davis because <laughs> like because yeah. because when that and when you do it there, I, I think the downside of it going bad is worse than the upside of it going good. I know because that crowd was into it yeah. after they got that. I also it's the say that effect. the sideline, um, and this is not a knock on Gus. But this, the, um, there was a lot of emotion on the Auburn sideline that I don't remember really seeing a lot of under Gus. Like, Jacob McClain, when he got ejected, I mean, he was yeah. distraught. Well, it was un- unjust. And, so. and Kobe Hudson comes over to the sideline, and he, you can tell he is kind of distraught. Yeah. And these guys are really into it. And, like, the only way I can describe it is, like, they looked really ticked off. Yeah, that they were losing this game. And at the end of the game, they didn't look sad. They looked mad. Yeah, was kind of the way to describe it. Like they just looked really ticked off. That cheesed off, as we used to say, <laughs> really cheesed off that they had this one and the, they had this one and, and they let it get away. 
And that's not like a, I don't think we were the better team by any stretch. No. But we had the opportunity to steal a game. I don't. I mean, I don't think there's a a ton separating either team. No. Um, and, and Auburn can can improve. Uh, the 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 defensive scheme is what worries me more than anything. Um, because I I mean I just I think we know what we have on offense, and it just comes down to play calling whether we're gonna screw in, that up or not. In development, I, I will like say, Kobe I, Hudson's I not who he's gonna be. Right. This is still an offense that's gonna run some people out of journey here, though. Yeah, yeah, I think, I, you're I right think too. so. Oh, I mean, Bo's been a different dude at home anyway. So, um, you know, if that continues, then you know we, we're going to win some ball games by a lot. I, I I wouldn't be surprised to like see him go out there and put up like an angry seventy points on George State this weekend. Yeah. Uh, um, I would like that. Well, before we get to that, I do want to shout out one more guy who played really well, uh, Chandler Rutten, who yeah, came you know, we, we've kind of talked about him as like one of the backup, you know, third or fourth linebackers coming into the year. But after Jacoby got ejected, and then I didn't even realize it at the time, but I guess Owen Papa was hurt around that same time. Um, Wooten was the best player on the defense. He had yeah. 10 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss. Um, it was Good to see him after you know first big game back after being out for a year to kind of step up the challenge. Yeah, I um I, I was glad to see him come in and, and and get some tackles um when when we needed them there there after McLean was was out of the game. I, I was really worried when when McLean was gone. I didn't even realize Owen was out by that point and um uh. I was just thinking, man, our our best defender's gone now. So <laughs> there's the game, um, and and Wooten came in and, and played well. Uh, I mean, he played like a guy that had played a lot a couple of years ago. So um, cool. it was good to see. All right, well, we got Georgia State, Ryan. Tell me what the people need to know about Georgia State. First and foremost, what time is the game this weekend? Uh, do I get to do the honors about kickoff time this week? Let's do it. 3 p.m. It's a 3 p.m. game. What channel are we on? Is that a SEC uh, network? Uh, it should be an SEC network kick. Yeah. So, guys, it's 3 I'll p.m. Be, Central. Uh, I'll be in the midst of a two-year-old birthday party. So, that'll be uh 3 p.m. is the worst game time, by the way. I once you have kids, 3 p.m. is the worst game time. That's after nap time. That's yep. That that's it's horrible because you you can't really. There's nothing like it's the, oh, it's well, the perfect Iron Bowl kick though. Which is, is usually 2:30, not three. No, no. This the LSU game at eight is actually a better kick time for me. Because <laughs> yeah. I'll get the kids it's to sleep. Work out great for me. Kids are asleep. Uh, I just I'll stay. I stay up until midnight anyway. So uh, here we go. See, Ryan, there's this other thing called other people that uh, you don't have to worry about right now. And yeah, great. It's, I know. You get to do whatever you want whenever you want. <laughs> the game could be at 1 o'clock in the morning. You're like, yeah, why not? I'll watch the game at 1 o'clock in the morning. It could be at 1130. That would be called Hawaii football. Which, right. Yes. 11 o'clock is actually terrible as well. Really, only late kicks, please. Because <laughs> 11 o'clock, I might still be coaching soccer at 11 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 11 a.m kickoffs are bad like any, anything i i'm a i'm just a big fan of the like anything after five yeah um at 2 30 it's just too hot um because i can also it, earn like points if the game's at eight i can watch the kids basically all day i also like to tailgate so right like a, a 5 p.m or later um uh, uh kick gives me plenty of time even if i like i have you know i've got the kids in the morning i can still get out there tailgate for four or five hours and and make it to the game so uh 3 p.m i'm out i can't can't do it 3 p.m is the worst (laughs) all right so is where is georgia state in the as bad as akron scale so they're so they're not akron uh they're not great uh generally if you look at fbi sp plus 
you know, Sager, and they're they're around 100 overall. Um, so yeah, not not particularly good. They beat Charlotte last week, which Charlotte's also pretty bad. And then they got boat raced by UNC and drawn a blank on who else it was. Let's see. But is uh is Georgia State on a neutral field? What are they favored by? Because I remember you mentioned that Akron would have been twenty point favorites over Alabama State. Yeah, they would. Let's see. By SP plus, they would be. On uh, a neutral field, 17-point favorite? No, seven-point favorites. They're a touchdown Akron. better than Akron. 17. 17. Wow, Akron's so bad, favorite man. over Akron. By SP Plus, yes. <laughs> okay. So what's Auburn's wow. line by SP Plus over over them? Over Georgia State? Yeah. Let's double-check. Uh, 29. 29. Okay, which is, I think, pretty close to the Vegas line. Yeah, I think Vegas line's around 27. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I would like to see this team kind of exercise some demons and uh, blow Georgia State off the field, just like they've done Akron and Alabama State. Um, Georgia State did make a quarterback change last week. So it's going into, into week three. He was six of twelve for 139 yards passing, which only explosive plays. No fish. Um, but there's not really any kind of focus on offense. I mean, there's five different guys with 100 yards, either rushing or receiving. Nobody's got more than one touchdown. Um, ideally, we clamp down the rushing game and find some sort of pass rush. We'll see. Hmm. I hope we can no. get a pass rush, man. That's the the one thing. This may be the the game where we try some, throw some stuff against the wall in terms of how to get I, a pass rush. I would like to see it be the game where we you know try out some of the wide receivers that are we have not been heard from this yeah. year. Is is Elijah Canyon alive? Like is he is he still I, on the team? Did, I, he, did I, he quiet? I, I googled say, him. So I googled to see if he had transferred. Yeah. I was like, man, maybe he transferred after that bowl game. <laughs> I wanted to transfer after that bowl game. And he didn't. Well, all right. So, yeah, he doesn't have a ton of uh, productivity in his career, I guess. I mean, I I understand the poor play of our wide receivers so far. But he's being talked up as a guy who's you know, awesome last year. How, how many catches do you think he had last season? We had that one. He had the bowl game, and he went off. Yeah, he, he has. He had three career catches going into the season. They were all in the same game. He didn't play. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I just think it's funny that we're all clamoring for this guy. Who's, I mean, he's extremely talented. You know, six four, got size. We're just we're clamoring for something different something. than sure. what we have now. And we know sure. there's guys uh, that have been able to catch a ball at least once before uh, that we haven't seen at all. Um, and um, Friend of the show, Josh Black, I believe, has pointed out we Harson seems to be uh, really leaning on uh, older guys, guys who've been around, yeah. and and maybe maybe it's time to to change. I think it was I think it was James Jones who said it was guys who have maybe more easily grasped the offense. Sure, that yeah, that, whoever that, got it quickest, you got to start, and so you end up with. You know, you're starting guys just because they tested tested good <laughs> early on. Well, and I, and I, I do wonder how healthy Javarius Johnson actually was going into this game. Uh, as dynamic as he looked against Akron, he barely showed up in this game. Um, I mean, not he didn't have an issue with drops. He just he wasn't targeted very much. So I don't know if he was being blanketed by their number one guy or just what was going on there. And it wasn't – and again, this is like – Again, Bo Nix gets off the hook because this wasn't like he was missing guys who were just running free in the secondary. He's done that right. before. That wasn't this game. This game, nobody was open. He was not yeah. missing open receivers. There just weren't any open receivers to miss. 
Yeah, that's true. So he was just check down, check down, check down. Or the play calls were just screens and bubbles. and Yeah, maybe maybe they were just that good at uh, in the secondary. I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe that maybe they're the best team we'll see. Well, I don't uh, think they're going to be the best team we'll see in the secondary. Because Georgia is... In the month of September, they're probably the best team we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, like, Arkansas is looking better and better every day. I'm not 100% sure how good they actually are. I think that we're going to find out this I, I, weekend. I'm, I, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. I, I don't think the Texas game was a fluke per se, but I think that was them playing at the top end of their ability. Well, and Texas I playing Texas, at the bottom end. I think Texas might stink. I think Texas are, might are stink. They not back? Are they not back? No. <laughs> no. I just I, – I don't see how they go from unranked to 16th uh, off of beating who. Because exactly. Texas gets the little number in front of its yeah, name every true. year. True. And that's the joke. Is that they could have been the, – they literally fired their coach and then started the year ranked in the top 20. <laughs> well, Arkansas gets A&M this week, so we'll learn a little bit more there. Like, think about that. They fired A&M the coach last year. They fired the coach, hired Sarkeesian, mm. who was not – you know, blowing everybody's doors off at SC and they started the year ranked only Texas, only a Texas or Notre Dame would get that kind of thing where they just, Oh well, yeah, sure. They're, they've got to be a top 25 team. Yeah. Arkansas. So Arkansas beats them and jumps from no votes receiving to 16th in the polls. <laughs> just whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure they're fine. I, I, I don't think they're going to be as garbage as they've been the last three years. They're enormous. Everybody on the team is gigantic. Their yeah, quarterback that is huge. The running back is huge. Their line is huge. That didn't help. Uh, that didn't help out old uh, Brett Bielema very much because that was his strategy as well. It's true. Just get the biggest dudes that you could possibly find, and they still stink. Auburn could I, use but, some of those big dudes, though. Yeah, I think we could. We could use big, slow guys. I don't care if they're slow. Yeah. Uh, as long as they're big and they can push somebody, I'm good I think with it. One of my favorite players from the Penn State game was Tony Fair because he did exactly what he was asked to do. Yeah. Penn State had a really hard time on third and shorts mm-hmm. um, and on fourth and shorts, like that fake punt that was called not a first down. But like, Tony Fair, just your job is to stand right there and don't let anybody push you backwards. Great. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> He's, ball was snapped. Tony Fair did not move. And no one could move him. He ate up the middle. Going back to Penn State, I just don't want to forget it. We got to talk about uh, Jerk West Hunter. Uh, the hurdle in the, in the fourth quarter. Mm, oh, yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> it was, that, was, that got me fired up. <laughs> I, I thought we were winning that, the game at that point right there. That yeah. third quarter was was a thing of beauty. I, I, I think we focused a little bit on the negative here. That that third quarter was uh, – we looked like the better team because we looked like, oh, yeah, they're not going to stop us. Like, we could, we could do this all day. But then the fourth quarter came and, well, you know. Yeah, I like guess – in the guest lingo, this would be something we can build on. <laughs> a lot of things we can build on in that third quarter. Um, but there are, like, there's a lot of, you You found some, every year you got to find a new, some new guys. And uh, Hunter seems to be one of those guys. Well, it, 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 you know, Gus had that thing, like, the, the year that, all well, both years that we we did really well under Gus. We had some really crappy games uh, early in the season, and we we learned from them and got really good. And, and that that could always happen here. I mean, I really don't think we knew what we had until this game. And now I think uh, I, I think board. the coaches know a lot more about what we have. And that's um, normal. Most teams, yeah, yeah. Most teams outside of like a couple of teams, that's how they operate. Like even I, I, I heard an interview with Bill Belichick where he talked about how he considers the first four games of the NFL season as an extension of the preseason. Sure. 
Like, he's like, yeah, I want to win them, but, like, they really are just for me to figure out what we've got going after week five. Like, it's just, you just need a couple, you need a couple of games to figure out what you have. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I I'm excited because right. this running back group still is, it's going to get Sean Shivers back soon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if he's, I hate it for him, uh, but if he's your third running back at this point, that's, I don't know many running back rooms I would take over this one. Especially as good as he can be catching the ball. Yeah. Right. Even he has three touches this year and two of them are touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of needed that was one thing we weren't we didn't do a ton against Penn State was we didn't throw the ball to the backfield two running backs. And I think yeah. if we had Sean Shivers I don't think we ran a single wheel route. That's well, we ran the the goal line fade was technically a wheel round. Oh Jesus! Well, it's no longer undefeated. Yeah, because it was supposed to be a Clemson versus Alabama style rub route where the the inside guy was going to pick the corner who was supposed to defend the wheel route. The corner it didn't happen at all. I didn't like the guy wasn't even touched. No. <laughs> was, I, I I'll also say I and I may have missed it. But it's it's nice to not hear uh, some platitudes about how our goals are still in front of us. Like I've, Gus was real fond about talking about. Um, Harson isn't pretending that we're going to compete for a national championship this year. Um, he's not saying we're not, but he, he's not out there acting like, you know, what a, he's not doing for the cameras what he's probably doing in, in the locker room. What every coach is doing in the locker room is, you know, these are our goals. We can still reach these. He's not he's not playing to the cameras. Uh, and uh, I, I'm, I'm I like the change. It's not I was never that annoyed by anything uh, Coach Malzahn did uh, in press conferences like a lot of people are. But I, I I'm embracing the change. I do like I, something new, shaking it up a little bit. I'm sure you'll love what uh, Pat Narduzzi at Pitt said uh, post game this week. If you heard that, uh, after losing to Western Michigan, 44-41. Mm. Ouch. Uh, his his post game comment was, "It's not an SEC or it's not an ACC game. We can still win the conference. Your goals are still in front of us." I like funny people. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I guess unless we have anything else, I, I do want to hit one thing uh, before we wrap up. We want to take a break first. Uh, we're a little past that, I think. Yeah, we're past okay. that. Jack's going to just put one in at the end. Sure. <laughs> all right, Tank Bigsby. So we're three three games. Tank Bigsby, forty seven carries, three hundred forty three yards. Jerk West Hunter, twenty six carries, three hundred twenty yards. That puts them on pace. 1,372 and 1,280 yards, respectively. Uh, does Crow know the last time Auburn had 2,000-yard running backs? Uh, do they have to be running backs? Yes, specifically running backs. So so no Cam, no Nick Marshall. 2,000-yard running backs. Is it uh, Bo Jackson and Brent Fullwood? It's not. I, I, would add, I was going to ask you a year, but it's not, so it doesn't matter. Is it – am I close in the 80s? Chief, do I give him any hints or how, how are we doing this? Would you say uh, yes or no? Is it a 1980s running back duo? Yeah, give, give, give him a hint. Okay, no, it's not. Okay. I mean, was it Carnell and Ronnie? I don't remember. It both was not. Them. I believe Ronnie yeah. Brown had like around 900 yards. Right. Before. And I know it wasn't um, Ben Tate and – Brad Lester, because Brad never had a hundred in a game. Um, he had like ninety nine in a game. He had like ninety six, like four times. Most he, used to, he was a touchdown machine, though, uh-huh. Brad Lester, and like king of the ninety yard games. Well, and he, I think he had something like nine yards of carry. He averaged yeah. one season, but never a hundred yard game. Right, never a hundred yards. Uh, I don't know. You stumped me. You've stumped me. All right, Chief. You got any any guesses here? Um, I'm I'm hearing uh, Josh Black and James Jones and uh, Drew Mac just, just screaming right now. Get some answers. 
is it is it Lionel James? Yeah, is it Little Train and uh, Little Train? Uh, There's two names you'll know. I mean, it's not some obscure 1940s. Never heard of them. If you had a thousand yards rushing in the 40s, by the way. Oh uh, man, I got yeah, it. Yeah, it's 2005. It's, it's Kenny Irons and Trey Kenny Smith. Irons? Yeah, I was gonna say Kenny Irons. <laughs> it's not Kenny. It's not Trey Smith for sure. And it's not. Uh, it's not Cap and uh, and Trey, right? Is not. Um, Lawyer Tillman. Uh, no, um, All right, let's. Uh, where I went, I'll Bo? give you half. I'll give you half the answer. Do you want the names of the of what? Do you want one name of the running back, or do you want the year? <laughs> give me the name of a player. Okay, so one of the duo. I'll give you the one with fewer yards. Is Joe Cripps. He of the car wash. Yes. He of the car wash. The, the other running back uh, ran for 1,200 yards, seven and a half yards of carry, 10 touchdowns. This is, like, this is like 90. Uh, it, it was what now? It's like not 90s. We had no 1,000 <laughs> yard rushers in the 90s. Uh, it was 1979. Wait, Stephen Davis didn't get 1,000 yards? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, uh, Stephen Davis and I believe uh, Plastic did as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> but not in the same season. Uh, Correct. All right. I don't think you're going to get there. Joe Cribs, James Brooks, uh, ah! each had a thousand yards in 1979. James Brooks, and then he went on to be a famous actor. That was really <laughs> like good for him. Um. And director. James L. Brooks is a director. That's who I'm thinking. So he was a running back and then he directed the Mary Tyler Moore show. I think he might have directed the Mary Tyler Moore show before he was a running back. (laughs) A man of many talents. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so those two guys, I mean, it's it's still early. It would be still pretty surprising if they both ran for a thousand yards. And we've had some not great competition. Um, but that's what you got to do early. Do it again this week against Georgia State. Get the 400 yards piece. And, uh, yeah, I want to talk more about James Brooks movies. So he also directed <laughs> As Good As It Gets, which many mm. people thought of as the best romantic comedy of all time, starring Jack Nicholson. Um, and Diane Lane, right? I think that's right. It's really good. He directed, he directed Broadcast News, Terms of Endearment, Spanglish. Oh, but Spanglish then, is not bad. The thing's not bad at all. That a Sandler movie, right? Yep. Yeah. Then he decided, he directed this movie called How Do You Know? And I'm going to spend the next minute talking about How Do You Know? How Do You Know is the is a rom-com starring Reese Witherspoon. Mm. I'm going to give you the cast and you're going to think, I bet this was probably okay. It's got Paul Rudd, mm. Owen Wilson, Jack Nicholson, Reese Witherspoon. It is the worst movie that I have ever <laughs> paid money to see. And it was so bad that I remember thinking, I should get up and walk out, but this is too bad for that. I need to see this to the end. I need to see, does it get worse? And this it, is a cast that you could tell me it came out in like 1999 or 2018, and I don't know which one. It came out in 2010. 2018, it, that well, first of all, Jack Nicholson hasn't done any movies in sure. since The Departed, I don't think. Um, I, I thought he might have had like an old man Jack cameo. And I think Reese Witherspoon is doing like made for TV stuff more now than. Uh, she's really I great. Think, uh, in, uh, she's with, with Apple TV, right? Yeah, she's really great in that show, morning show. Oh, okay. okay. Um, James Brooks, this movie, this movie, Owen Wilson is. In 2010, uh, he's a pitcher for the Washington Nationals. Mm. Yeah, it's a long career. So you are a lot of stuff. supposed to believe that this person is a professional baseball player, a professional athlete. He has his shirt off at one point in the movie, and again, we're supposed to believe that he's a professional athlete. Who? And Owen oh, Wilson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's just thin. Like it's not like he's like, oh, this guy's a pro athlete. 
And I want to say she, the sacred timeline. I and here's the thing: Luke Wilson was a pro athlete before. No, oh, no. they just played like lacrosse at St. Mark's here in Dallas. Uh, sure. Reese Witherspoon, whose name in the movie is Lisa Jorgensen, is a okay. prof- is a former uh, professional softball player. Nope. <laughs> so <laughs> Owen Wilson already in his forties and twenty. He's supposed to be this young hot shot pro baseball player, and he's like in his mid forties. So Lisa <laughs> well, that's Jorgensen- like uh, that's like the OC when uh, uh, the dude that plays Ryan was like twenty six playing a uh, like sixteen year old. So Lisa Jorgensen's entire life has been defined defined by softball, comma. That's how this. That's how it starts. The description of this film. Her I mean, uh, life to be fair, been, Reese Witherspoon was thirty, probably. Yeah, but at thirty-one, but not supposed to be an active softball player. Here's how men and women are treated in Hollywood. At thirty-one, she's deemed too old to play softball and is cut from the team. After being cast adrift, she begins a fling with Maddie, a charming womanizer who plays professional baseball, who is older than her. In real to life. be fair, you could be forty something and right. play, uh, play play baseball. But Around I'm sure same, he's supposed to be thirty yeah. as well. Around the same time, she goes on a blind date with George Paul Rudd, a businessman on the hook for stock fraud. Also forty at the time, probably. He's probably a hundred at this point. He he looks yeah, yeah, twenty six. Yeah. He looks he exactly is. like he did yeah. when he was in Clueless in nineteen ninety six. Caught in a romantic triangle with the two men. Lisa ponders the meaning of love. Although it's not a real triangle because a real triangle would mean that Paul Rudd and Owen Wilson are also involved. And they're hey, not. That, that makes it a great movie. <laughs> that movie would be wild. But no. Uh, in this film, it was just terrible. Part of the MCU, too. Just <laughs> terrible. It's 31% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. If you have a wife or a girlfriend who is extremely into rom-coms, give them this one. Tell them Crow sent you. <laughs> Every Southern know? Girl loves a Reese Witherspoon movie. Tell them, mm-hmm. hey, let's watch How Do You Know? And you'll sit there going, babe, I'm telling you, all romantic comedies are terrible. Which is not really true. But you could use this movie as an argument for that because it is rancid. Do you think Ryan remembers when uh, Matt McConaughey was in nothing but rom coms for about 10 years? And some of them. That's what I grew rip. up knowing him as. Okay, okay. Some of them are rom com guys. The Great Southern Exit. How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days? Great film. Yeah, it's pretty good. Failure to Launch? Really good. Never seen it. It's the Sarah Jessica Parker joint. Mm. The rest of them, mm, Wedding Planner? Nah. Nah. Yeah, I'm not a... Anyway. It's it's not even really that funny, The Wedding Planner. It's like... No, it's not. It's like a... I want to address the elephant in the room before, uh, before this is over. Uh... Uh, we start off the show with the, the, the Auburn family's newest hot beat. So uh, no longer uh, is uh, – we've got Jared, the, uh, the the top song on the uh, Auburn charts. Uh, but uh, they can never take that away from you, Crow. <laughs> they can never never take it away from you. It's uh, It happened. You did it. They can never take it away from you. Well, I, I that don't. is unless you kill your wife and a waiter. <laughs> That's the news, folks. Thanks. That's the news, folks. Thanks. All right, everybody have a worry go weekend. <laughs>